There's a Pasuk in Tehillim on Perak Memtes Pasuk Hay. David HaMelech writes, Atel Mashal Ozni. I will bend my ear to a mashal, to a parable. Eftach Bechinar Chidasi. With a harp, I will solve my riddle. I will solve my riddle with a harp, says David HaMelech. Very, very cryptic Pasuk, but very interesting Pasuk. Dabana Melech is sort of saying that if you want to figure out my riddle, the answer to who I am, the way to define me and by extension to define yourselves, look at my harp. And my harp will give you that ability to comprehend who I am. Eftach Bechinar Chidasi. I will solve my riddle with a harp. It's sort of like David HaMelech is giving us a, uh, putting us on a scavenger hunt, putting us on a treasure, a hunt for a treasure, and he's giving us a map with some clues and trying to allow us to think a little bit as to find the treasure that lies beneath David HaMelech and the treasure by extension that lies beneath all of us. Because if we're able to figure out what makes David HaMelech tick, then we could figure out what makes us tick. If David HaMelech is saying that I'm going to open up my riddle, I'm going to solve my riddle with a harp, that means that the harp is the, is the hint that he's giving us. And if we're able to, to examine and explore the issue of a harp, we would somehow be able to understand who David HaMelech is. And the question is, what in the world does a harp have to do with figuring out who David HaMelech is? Of course, a harp is what we always associate David HaMelech by. If you look in any uh, images, any portraits of David HaMelech, I would, I would reckon that you would never, ever um, find an image of David without a harp. There's a famous uh, picture that's on the cover of a lot of Svarim uh, there is a, a manuscript, a very famous one, perhaps one of the most famous illustrated manuscripts called, um, called uh, the Rothschild Miscellany. And there is a beautiful picture of David HaMelech playing a harp. And many, many pictures. David HaMelech is a harp. Everybody knows um, Rabbi Eisenberg just showed a picture of the art school Tillim, and on the cover of the art school Tillim is embossed a harp. A harp is David HaMelech. And David HaMelech is saying that, that if you want to understand me, you have to understand the harp that comes along with me. So let's try to spend an hour this morning figuring out the mystery that David HaMelech is saying. This riddle that David HaMelech is saying will be solved by the harp Let's try to understand that. The great Rabbeinus and Ibershitz has a sefer called Yaris Devash. Yaris Devash means forests of honey. It's a pasuk. Uh, we just darshaned it in the Dafyemi recently about why it's what the sheikh is between Yaris and Devash is. But the Yaris Devash was the drushes that Rabbeinus and Ibershitz gave to his kehillah. He was a, a great rav. And in his Kehillah, um, they, he used to give these fire and brimstone drushes. Brilliant drushes, but very, he was very charismatic, very passionate. And by all accounts, he brought people to Tshuva. And he had a very difficult life for Bienes and Abishitz. And a lot of that is seen in his Sefer Yaris Devash. It's a lot of it is like autobiographical schmoozing sometimes. And he deals with this Pasuk. Of all Pesukim, he deals with this Pasuk. He tells us what David HaMelech meant. He's helping us solve the riddle of David HaMelech through the harp. And he says, how does a harp work? And it's all, this is true, of course, for all string instruments, whether it's a guitar, whether it's a violin, whether it's a cello, a lyre, whatever, whatever the instrument of choice is, but it's sort of all in the same family. You have strings that are very tightly wound on the instrument. If you have a guitar, and sometimes, you know, you buy these cheap guitars, and then your kid brother, like, opens it up, and now the strings are all, like, loose, the wires are, you can't do anything with it. 
It's basically throw it in the garbage because you can't you can't play a, an instrument, a string instrument, if the, if unless the strings are very very tight. They have to be extremely tightly wound in order for it to make any music, of course. And then in order to play this musical instrument, you have to have the harpist or the guitar player pluck the individual strings, meaning you pull them even tighter, you make them even more tense, and then you let them loose. And that sound, that reverberation of the of the tightly wound strings being pulled even tighter and applying more pressure to them and then releasing it from that pressure, that's what emits the most beautiful, most richest sounds, which is the harp. That's the, that's the way that a, mahar, a harp works. That's the mohos of a harp. Says Rabbeinus in Eibershitz, and this is purely autobiographical, he says, this is what life is all about. This is particularly what David Amel's life was all about. Because everybody knows that David Amelach was a, a king, but he was like the poorest king in the world, not wealth-wise, but he had so many tsaris. His life was a tragic life in a sense. It was a glorious life, but it was tragic in the sense that he suffered so greatly. There were so many episodes in his life that if we would have even five minutes of any of those episodes, we probably would not go on living because they were so traumatic for him. From when he was a young boy and he was like voted least likely to succeed in his, in his family, he had strong, very handsome brothers and he was not in that category and they didn't, even, they didn't reckon with him. They didn't feel that he was even like one of their brothers. He writes in Hallel, Evan Ma Suhabainim Pina. The Evan, the stone that everybody threw away, that everybody despised, Ma Suhabainim, the builder said, This is not a stone that we could even use in the structure that we're building. Pina, that ultimately became the cornerstone, the Spitz stone. The cornerstone of a, of a building is the most hush of a stone. That's when, you know, you see on the side of these buildings, these cornerstones that have a big ceremony with it and everybody looks at that stone nobody looks at all the other million bricks on the building they look at that cornerstone that was David HaMelech saying about himself I was the brick that everybody wanted to throw away they were disgusted by me they didn't think that I would amount to anything and I ultimately Baruch Hashem triumphed and I became the Reish Pina I became the cornerstone of Klal Yisrael but Going on throughout his whole life, whether it was the Maisa with Batsheva and all the guilt and all the, the tshuva that he did from that Maisa, whether it was the fact that he had uh, people trying to kill him all the time, Shalom Melech was chasing after him, and, and, and he had a son, Shalom that was rebelling against his own father. I mean, can you imagine what David Melech went through? And these are just a few of the incidents that, that he went through. He had tremendous tsaris in his life, David Melech. Meaning he was a harp. He was a harp that the strings were so tight that sorrow that he had, the tension in his life was so dominant. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu, using Shlichem of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, created more tension in his life. People were plucking at his harp strings. People were making him crazy with his life chasing him and never giving him a minute of menucha. His Yetzirah didn't give him menucha, and his and his family didn't give him menucha, and his and 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 his his nation sometimes didn't give him menucha. But from that tension, David Amelach was the Neims Miras Yisrael. The beautiful Sefer of Tehillim is a Sefer that Klai Yisrael reaches for every time we have our own Saras because. This was a book that's drenched in David HaMelech's tears. David HaMelech did not live the life of Riley. He was not living Baruma Shalaylam and having a perfect day every day. The sun was not shining every day on David HaMelech. But if the sun had been shining every day on David HaMelech, we would not have Sefer Tillam. It might have been a different book, but it wouldn't be Sefer, it would be Shir Hashirim or something. It would not be Sefer Tillam. Sefer Tillam was the Zmiris, the Sishpachis, the great hymns that David HaMelech emitted from his harp, the more that he was plucked, 
the more that people dealt harshly with him, the more that he suffered in life, he never gave in. He never said, I'm mad at the Rabbi I'm mad at my life, what was the day that I was born? Never did he have yish, never did he get despondent, get depressed, throw in the towel. He channeled all of that tzara into a, into a beautiful shiras and sishpachas, the Rabbi Nishlam. Sort of reminds me as I'm speaking of the story with Rebarach Ber when he was a little child and his, he did something wrong, whatever whatever that might have been to Rebarach Ber. Probably, you know, he didn't return a book to the library on the day that it was due or something. I don't know what Rebarach Ber could have ever done wrong. But his father gave him a patch. And then I guess his father in law felt a little guilty that he gave him a patch, so he came to his room a few minutes later and he saw that. Baruch Ber was davening Mincha. So he waited for him to finish Mincha. And he said, why were you davening Mincha now? I just gave you a patch. He said, because I was crying. And I wanted those tears to be harnessed and to be channeled towards the Rabbi Nishleim. Why waste a good tear? If I'm crying anyway, let me use those tears to serve the Rabbi Nishleim. That's what Davin HaMelech did. Davin HaMelech took all of the Tsaris, all of the the all the challenges, all the detractors, all the haters, all the pressures, all the tensions, all the stresses, all the adversities, and he triumphed through it. He didn't let those things get him down. It made him greater. It made him stronger. It made the music resonate so much more beautifully because of those tsars. He channeled all of that into the greatest shiras and sishpachas known to man, precisely because of those tsaras. The most beautiful music is always the music of, of depression, people that are sad and they're singing songs of sad music. It's beautiful. There's a beauty to it. But David HaMelech didn't just sing sad songs. He, he, he sang happy songs to the Rabbi through the tears of sadness. He praised HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a way that only he could because of what he went through. You want to know who I am. You want to solve my riddle, says David HaMelech. Look at the harp. That's always my appendage because the harp is me. You want to understand me? Look at my harp. The more you pluck it, the more tightly wound those strings are and the more you apply tension and pressure and pull it tighter and then you let it go, that's me. My music is the music of the heart. My music is the music of tension of the soul. And all of that tension was not wasted. It was, it was, it was beautified. It was, it was glorified to the Rabbi Nishayim. You have to say the Vard of the Kutzker now. The Kutzker has a beautiful Vard in the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Samach Be- at Sadi Bez, Amud Bez. The Gemara is a very strange Gemara. It says that Bikesh Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar Harasha wanted to sing Shira Tashem of all people in the universe, to sing Shira Tashem. Nebuchadnezzar said, you know, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to compose a musical uh, lyric to the Rabbi Nishan. Okay? Ba Gavriel, Gavriel HaMalach comes, the Sater Alpiv, he gives him a patch across the face, Nebuchadnezzar. And then Rabbi Yitzhak says, you know, it's a good thing that that happened. You know why? Because if Nebuchadnezzar would have actually had the ability to sing, Bikesh Leganais Kalshireis He would have eclipsed with his talent, with his beautiful nigan, Nebuchadnezzar Rasha, would have eclipsed the, and he would have been Megani, would have almost like shamed and disgraced and, and, and sullied all of this shiris and sishpachas of David HaMelech and Sefer Tillam, if you can imagine such a thing. So it was good that he got that patch. Very strange Gemara. The Kutzker Rebbe asks, what is this Gemara talking about? We don't believe in free trade. This, this is Russia over here. We, we believe in, uh, you know, we have to clamp down on any, on, on any protesters. If Nebuchadnezzar has the ability to 
to sing a beautiful song to Hashem, let him sing. And if it's a nicer song than Davon Amelch, then competition is good. Maybe Davon Amelch will up his game or something. I don't know. What, 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 or, what, I know historically what you're all thinking. Okay, fine. But you know what I'm saying. If Nebuchadnezzar was able to sing a nicer song, so good, so, so competition is good. Let him sing a song. Let the best man win. If they were going to have a, you know, a, a talent show, so let it be fair. What, if somebody's a better talent than I, then we have to kill him? We have to patch him across the face so he doesn't outshine me? If he outshines Davon Amel, he sings a song to Rabbi Hashem, let, the guy, let him sing a song to Rabbi Hashem. It's hard to me, it bothers me. This is the Kotzke Rebbe's Shiloh. And if you think the kasha is a good kasha, then you ain't seen nothing yet. Because you have to hear his tarots. And you have to be the kotzke to say this tarots. He says that it doesn't mean that we patched him in order to get him to stop, to stop singing his song. We patched him in order to test him. In order to even the playing field. You know, Nebuchadnezzar was a king that did have the sun shining on him. He was sitting, sitting in an air-conditioned palace, Baruch HaShalaylam. He had everything going for him. He had all of his enemies he trounced. He never had a bad day, you know, up until that point. So he was, you know, it wasn't such a chiddish that he's singing songs to the Rebbe. When things are going good, we can all sing, in, you know, Davin good Shmanesri. What happens when things are turning against us? When we, uh, when the, the shidduch that we were waiting for, you know, didn't work, turn out the way we, we thought it would? Or when the stock that we bought went against us and, and now we're losing a lot of money instead of making a lot of money? Or, or, uh, or I thought I was getting a certain internship in, a, in the summer and it didn't work out. Or I thought that I was going to get a promotion in my law firm and I, I, I was passed over. How's your Shemineswe that day? So if everything is great, we could have in a gishmakishman. When I get the promotion, when the stock's going up, when the shidduch is just smooth and going, going smoothly, shkayach, you're able to sing a beautiful song of Shmaneser. What happens when it doesn't? David HaMelech never had that. David HaMelech had one bad day after another bad day, one bad experience after another bad experience. He was always being patched. He had nothing but patches every day of his life, and he still was able to sing Shira to the Rabbeinu Shalom. Nebuchadnezzar, you want to sing Shira to the Rabbeinu Shalom? Fine, sing it. But before you sing it, let's give you a little patch, and now see if you sing or not. You still singing? As soon as he got a little patch, you know what he did? He, he hung up his harp, he says, okay, I'm out. I'm out, I'm, I'm angry at the Rabbeinu Shalom. How could, he, how could a mouth come and patch me? Oh, so you mean you're singing when things are good? When things go bad for you, you're not singing. You don't try to have the chutzpah to be Megana the Shiras and Tishpachas of David HaMelech. Say, well, I'm a better lyricist than David HaMelech. You're not. Because you're singing lyrics, lyrics when you're living in a euphoria, when you're living in a utopia. That's not the same as what David HaMelech did. David HaMelech was living in Saris in terrible matzavim, after terrible matzavim, and he still was able to shine and sing this beautiful song of the kinar. That's greatness. When you're able to sing when things are not gishmak, and you're still saying the same halal, you're still saying the same haidah to the Rabbi Nishlam, that's what made David HaMelech David HaMelech. The patch was not to stop him, the patch was to test Nebuchadnezzar. You want to go toe-to-toe with David HaMelech? Fine. Take a patch and see how you sing then. And he stopped. Like we all stop. It's not just Nebuchadnezzar Rosh. We do this all the time ourselves. Davin Amalf never did that. Davin Amalf says, you want to be me? You want to figure out who I am and try to emulate me? Look at my kinar. Don't just sing when things are great, when things are geschmack. Sing when there's, when there's tension, when the, the strings are taut, when they're tightly wound, and then somebody pulls you even tighter, and the stress is unbearable, and then Davin Amincha. And then channel all of that song to the Rabbi Shalom. That's when you'll really be able to shine in a beautiful way. The Beis Halevi used to say it, a chiddush tikapshat in a pasuk in Halal. Aidacha kiani sani, The simple pshat is, I thank you, Hashem. I praise you, Hashem, kiani sani, because you have answered me, like a lashon of aina, and you were from me, Yeshua. You you answered my prayers, Gishmak. Zaktabe slavi, no. Oidachakiani sani inisani means a lashon of inui. 
I praise you, Hashem, because you have tortured me. You have oppressed me. You have made my life so difficult. You have made me into a, into a, have such stress in my life. And I sing to you even in the stress. And that's what makes David Amalek unique of all, of all the other personalities in history. And that's why Yid always pulls for the Sefer Tilim when they're in Saris. You know why? Because then suddenly we can all relate to David Amalek because the stresses that he went through and he's able to sing these songs. These are songs that are special to a Yid in Sarah. Because when we're in Saris, that's the time to really up our game of, stra- of praising the Rebbe It's not a time to run away from the Rebbe Nishayim like we generally tend to do. We get angry at him. That's not a time to get angry. That's a time to praise him. And when we praise him, that's the greatest form of Shira in the world. I wanted to suggest a different shot in this Pasuk of Eftach Bechin Archidasi that I, if you want to solve my riddle, you'll use my harp. Totally different pshat than Rabbanus and Ibershitz, if I may. And I think this pshat is, the first pshat is definitely very life-altering, if you, if you hear what I'm saying, and I know you all do. But the second pshat, I think, might be very practical for us to take with us, and that's why I wanted to make it the closer shmuz of this man. And it's very sad that this is the the this man was sad. I think it's uh, you know I was just in the base matters yesterday to return some svarim, pick up some new svarim, and it's sad. It's like it's an empty, dark base matters. It's it's longing for us to come back and mitzvah Hashem soon. But it was a sad zman, I think. It was, uh, but I think we were able, for the most part, many of us at least, to to really triumph over the sadness and to become great like David Amelach. But I think this is another pshat that we could take with us this summer. And, and I think that if we take it to heart, it'll be a different summer for all of us, myself included. Did you ever notice that it's really hard to learn? When it comes to other things, like when it comes to davening, I don't have a problem davening. I go to Shachris, Mincha, Meirev when I can, and, you know, I enjoy going. It's Geshmak, and you pull out your sitter, and you dive into the Rabbanisham. It's enjoyable. It's an enjoyable experience. I love sitting in a sukkah. I love going to Chasnas and being Misamecha, Chasan, and Kala. I love, uh, I love mitzvahs. I, you know, I enjoy doing uh, Lulav and Esrug and, and Matzis. These are special things. And I like, I like learning also. Don't get me wrong. But did you ever notice, or maybe it's just me, that sometimes you sit down with a Gemara and, first of all, just to open up that Gemara is like, it, it weighs 10,000 pounds, the cover of a Gemara sometimes. Like, you, you know, I can open up any newspaper, any magazine, it's Geshmak. That Gemara, to open that Talmud Bavli, it's like, uh, to get it open. Once you're opening it, it's much easier. But to open it, to finally open it, it's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's difficult sometimes. It's difficult. And then even when you're learning, and suddenly you get a text, or somebody's calling you, or, you know, or, or somebody says, hey, you know, uh, you want to go for a walk, or you want to take a bike ride, or you want to, you know, or maybe there's a, I don't know, some video that you wanted to watch, and suddenly, you know, you, somebody sends you a link to it, or, you know, you want to go for a coffee, you want to get a tea, you want to get a donut. Every distraction in the book is suddenly there, right when you're learning. Do I want to get a donut like, uh, you know, any other time of the day? No. But when you're learning, all of a sudden you need that donut. You need that coffee. What, what do you need a coffee for? You couldn't do it before davening? No, I didn't need it before davening. In the middle of Seder, all of a sudden, that's when I need the coffee. That's when I wanted to, you know, I wanted to schmooze with my chabrus all of a sudden. I have no interest in my chabrus the rest of the day. But all of a sudden, I find them like pretty geschmack to talk to during Seder. Why does that happen? The answer is... The Rebbe Khanan used to quote the Chafetz Chaim, his rabbi, is saying the following verse. Taira is such a chash of a mitzvah, he said. Taira is the most chash of a mitzvah in the world by far. If tefillin is worth a uh, hundred dollars, a word of Taira is worth ten trillion dollars. That's how chash of Taira is. Every word of Taira. 
It's an impossible, to, it's an indescribable mitzvah. So that's why the Sahara is not going to waste his bullets, waste his ammunition on mitzvahs. He says, the Sahara will let you do any mitzvah that you want. Take a mitzvah. You want to drive around the mitzvah tank through the streets of Manhattan, go for it. He couldn't care less. But as soon as you open up a Gemara, or you want to open up a Gemara, be careful. Because the Sahara has you in his crosshairs. He does not want you to learn because the schar of Lehman Atayra is something that he does not want you to get. So he will let you do any mitzvah in the world. You want to daven a whole day, cry, say safer till him, back and forth, every which way, go for it. You will have zero resistance. You want to buy a nice little of an esra, you want to sit in a sukkah, you want to, you know, anything you want, go for it. No one's stopping you. No, there's no problem. Go. I'm not saying it's always easy, but it's, it's, it's relatively easy. But when it comes to Limanat Taira, because it's so powerful and it's so holy, the Sahara puts all of, his, all of his ammunition, he gives you a full court press. Every single time you want to start dribbling the Taira basketball down the court, if you will, you will be, there will be 10 LeBron James all over you trying to get you, get that ball away from you. That's the way it is. That's always the way it is. So it's not just you and it's not just me. I think it's all of us. And everybody in the world has this. Everybody has this. Everybody has this challenge when it comes to Lima Tairo. This is our number one struggle, and especially, you know, if we're in the Zaman, when the Shadamar Kitikunam, when everything is going well, it's still hard, but at least we have a base Medrash, at least we have our Chavrusa, we have our Abeim, we have our Shir, we have our Marmachimus, everything is nice and neat and, and, and packaged well. So it's less challenge. it's still a challenge, of course, but it's less so. But when we're home, and we don't have all of those protective walls of the base medrash that we have in yeshiva, and we're on our own, and there's maybe a, a cable TV in the other room, and then there's, a, there's friends calling us, and we have a bicycle in the garage, or we have a car, where there's a pizza store down the block, and there's uh, you know, ice cream, and there's, uh, or whatever, the, you know, it makes it a thousand times harder to learn than it does even in yeshiva. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to be able to learn, and this is maybe a shmuz we should have given before this month, but now that this month is really winding down to a close, and we don't even have the Zoom for the most part, the Zoom's month, and again, just a quick plug or whatever, is that if you're interested in a shmuz, then, and we have a critical mass of guys interested, then I, Plinader, will try as best I can to prepare a shmuz on Fridays, but I want to hear feedback on that. But to get through Azman without the regular Shiurim, without a Rabbein, without a Rashiva, without, you know, the, the Vadin and everything that we have in, in Yeshiva, throughout two and a half months, which is an eternity, how are we going to do that? How are we going to be able, myself included, maybe myself more than you, how am I going to be able to sit down with the Gemara, sit down with the Chumash, sit down with the Mishnah Bura and learn without distraction? It's like almost asking the impossible. What's the answer to this question? This is a riddle. This is the riddle of our life. Because if we want to be B'nai Tar and we want to be Tamid HaKham, and who doesn't? Then we have to be able to figure out a way of getting rid of those distractions that we have, those things that we really enjoy doing, and they, we enjoy them so much more when suddenly we, we should be learning. How do we get those out of our way so that we're able to sit and learn? That's the $64,000 question. That's the riddle of our life. David HaMelech was a person who was in love with Tyra. He was infatuated with Tyra. He loved it. All the greatest songs that we have about Tyra are David HaMelech's words. How much do I love the Torah all day? It's all I schmooze about, day and night. Who wrote that? That's a Pasuk and Tilm. That's Davin HaMelech's song. Rav Shach didn't write those words. That's Davin HaMelech's words. Who wrote the words, Lule Sayroscha Shashuai, Oz Avadati Ba'ani, that were it not for Torah that I take pleasure in, that I delight in, I would have been lost in my poverty. Rav Aaron Cutler used to 
used to interrupt that song. He loved that song, the famous Lulei Saraschandig, and that was written by his Talmud of Shlomo Karlobach. And they used to sing it by his Titian. And he would stop the island in the middle of singing that song. And he would say, stop the music for a second. Laman Hashem, who's singing these words? Who's writing these words? It's David HaMelech. I would have been lost in my poverty? Is that a fair statement to make? Who was talking? Was this a homeless guy in the street? This is David HaMelech. He was a Melech. He was a trillionaire. He had the entire treasury of Klal Yisrael at his disposal. What does it mean I would have been lost in my poverty? But that's what David HaMelech felt like. He says, if not for Tyra, I'm, I might as well be a homeless guy because I have nothing if not for Tyra. In other words... David HaMelech was obsessed. He was enamored by Tyra. Period. But David had something that he loves as well. There was something that was his escape, if you will. And that was his kinar. David HaMelech was the Imzmir Sisrael. He was a master musician. He loved his kinar. The kinar was him. And of course, he used the kinner not to, for his own self-aggrandizement. He used the kinner to sing praise to Klai Yisrael. He used his talents very, very well. But that was his distraction. As much as he used it as an instrument, but it was distracting him from Tyra to a certain degree. If my distraction might be that I like, uh, I like ice cream or I like video games or I like, uh, I like listening to music, Davin Amelov's music was his distraction from Tyra. And Davin Amelov is saying, if you want to get the answer to the riddle of life, of how to be a Ben Tyra with all the distractions, with all of our ice cream and video games and, and videos and, and, and all the things, the creature comforts that are tugging at our attention to get us away from our Gemara. The answer to the riddle is my keynote. Look at my keynote, explore it, and that will be the answer to your riddle. There's a Gemara in Brachus on Dafkim Lamebez. And the Gemara says that Kinar Hayataloi Lamaila Mimitasa Shal Davin. Davin Amalek went to sleep every night and there was his harp that was hanging over his bed every night. The Kivan Shegia Chatzais Halayla. As soon as Chatzais came, as soon as midnight came, there was a wind that blew. And it played the chords of Davin HaMelech's harp. And it was like an alarm clock for Davin HaMelech. It was an alarm clock for Davin HaMelech, and it woke him up. And the Gemara says, well, there's actually two Gemaras. They're both darshaning the same Pasuk, but it's still a Gemara in Brachas there. The Pasuk that it's darshaning is, Chatzais Laila at Chatzais, at midnight, I will get up to praise you al So one Gemara says, and it sort of is like a steer almost in Gemaras maybe, one Gemara says that the Pshan in that Pasuk is that Davon woke up at Chatzais Alayla, and what did he do? He was Asak Bashir's He started, he took that harp. And he started playing his beautiful shiras and sishbachas the Rabbi Nishlam. That's one Gemara. There's another Gemara there that says that Chatzais Lila, when that harp started playing and woke him up, Miyad Haya Aymed Va'isik Batayra At Sha'ala Amenashachar. He didn't play no musical instruments the rest of the night and sing shiras and sishbachas the Rabbi Nishlam. He sat down with his Baba Kamu, with his Baba Metziah, with his Shabbos. And he learned, he shtaigged the whole night from Chatzai Salayla until Amin HaShachar. He was busy shtaigging and learning. So I have two questions. First of all, my first question on this Gemara is, first of all, which one is it? What did he do? Practically. Is it a, is it a machlekes and mitzias whether or not he sang his, he played his harp or he learned Tyra? And let's say he learned Tyra. How do they touch up that Pasuk? It's quoting that same Pasuk. 
I woke up to give praise to you on Mishpatei Tzikachon. I understand if you're saying that he, he, he used his harp to sing shirs, that's L'Hoidei Slacha, to give you praise. How is learning Torah the same thing? That's not sim. that's a little kvetched in the Pasuk. I woke up, L'Hoidei, just say, I woke up to learn Mishpatei Tzikachon, what's L'Hoidei Slacha on Mishpatei Tzikachon? Two questions that always bother me with this Gemara. To answer that second question, I always wanted to say, based on a Rambam, the Rambam says in Hilchas Tamatayra at the end of Parakimo, Amru Chachamim, the Chachamim used to say, Ein Rina Shaltaira Ela Balaila, Shenemar Kumi Raini Balaila. There is no Rina Shaltaira. The, the song of Tyra, Tyra is not just a, uh, a scholarly endeavor. Tyra is a song. But when is that song heard? Ain Rina Shal When is the Rina Shal When is that? When, when? Ella Balayla. It's at night. First Seder is beautiful. Second Seder is beautiful. But at night, there's a Rina Shal There's a special song, a, a music, a, a concerto of Tyra is really Be'ikr at night. That's the Rambam says. He says that most of a person's Chachmas learned at night. Night is a, is a special time. I used to have a Rebbe who said something. It's a little bit, you have to know who he is, but, and I, 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 maybe I always hesitate before I say it, but I think we're with mature adults, so I can, you might understand what I'm saying. He says that in the mornings when you learn first Seder, he says it's like you're meeting a girl for the first time. When you learn first Seder and you learn that, the sugya for the first time, you're meeting the girl for the first time. And please, again, understand this in the right context. He says that night Seder, or after night Seder, when you're learning that Gemara again, he says it's like you're having an affair with that girl. It's a different experience. There's a, a depth to learning at night. There's a Rina Shaltaira at night that in the morning you just don't have. Morning is good, first Seder is Geshmak, and you had a good first Seder. But when you're able to learn at night, when everything is calm outside, and there's no, the light is not shining in your face, and you're not like tired from waking up, and you need a coffee. And you need, at night, everything is good. You have, a, you have Baruch Hashem, you have food in your stomach. You feel comfortable. There's a, a nichus on the air. Now you're able to go back to that Gemara and, and be able to see it in a different light. To be able to have an affair with the Gemara, with the Torah itself. To have a relationship that's unparalleled at night. Ein rinashol Torah l'balayla. That is a music, that's a sound that you only will find, will, you, will only resonate really at night. And I was thinking that that might be the pshat in this Pasuk. When David HaMelech wakes up at Chatzais HaLayla and starts his shtaiging and learning, he says, Chatzais Layla, it's not just I'm, I'm learning, Mishpatei Tzegecha. Chatzais Layla, Akam Lahaydais Lucha. It's a song, it's a, it's a gratitude, it's a it, it's a concerto of Mishpatei Tzikachetz, it's it's a halal to the Rabbi Shalom, the Torah that he's learning at night. So that answers the second question. My first question, I mean, unless you're just saying that it's two different drushas in Chazal, which you're, you're more than welcome to say, but it's not going to help me out a whole lot this morning. I wanted to say a different shah. I wanted to say it's not... These are not two medrashim that are chaylik with each other. That one says Dadarach woke up and sang shiras and sushpachas the Rabbi Nishalom with his harp, and the other one says that he learned Tyra the entire night. Really, he learned Tyra. He learned Tyra. But you know what he did? He says, boy, I would really love now. It's a beautiful night. I was just woken up by the lovely sounds of my violin. Let me take that violin and let me just like just jam the whole night, sing shiris, let, let me compose beautiful music to the Rabbi Nishon. Wouldn't that be beautiful tonight to do? That would be amazing. And, and that's Chas Rishon. That wouldn't be Bittel Taira, of course. That's David HaMelech's Tillim. But relative to learning Abaye Barava, it is. So what David HaMelech did, and you could argue with me, but David HaMelech says, listen, I want... Now, to use that talent, that creativity, that love, that musical escape that I have, 
that one love that I have other than Tyra, I would love, it would be so gishmak to just sit the whole night and compose music for Rabbi Nishlein, sublime praises of David HaMelech, the Nimzimir Yisrael. That would be incredible. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take all of that love and all of that passion, all that ambition, all that creativity, and I'm going to harness it and channel it into my Limana Taira. I'm going to sing, but I'm going to sing the Rina Shel Taira. I'm going to take that talent, all of that interest that I have in the other thing that is tempting me, and I'm going to say, HaKadosh Baruch I dedicate that to you. I'm taking the love of my life, the thing that I love the most, and I'm giving that to you. I'm putting that into the Torah. And you know how much more hush of the Torah becomes then? So don't look at your distractions being, I'm human, I can't, I'm going to go watch that video. I'm human, I can't, I'm going to go listen to that music. Say, I want to listen to the music, and I'm going to take that music, take that video, take that baseball game, take that basketball game, and I'm going to put it into the Limanat Torah and make the Torah... Myrina. And I've just basically upgraded my entire schar for Limanatara, the entire experience. I've made it not just a raw endeavor of learning ancient Talmudic texts. I've now made it into a Rina Shaltaira. I've injected life into it, spirit into it, love into it, passion into it. And when you give that to the Rebbeinah the Rebbeinah will give you that much love back to the Avas that you want so badly. The way to get Avas is give Ava to the Tyra. Give what you love and dedicate that to the Tyra. Challenge yourself when you're about to do something to be mevatel yourself from Tyra. Say, I really want to do that. I want to shmooze in my Chavrusa now. I want to call my good friend instead of learning. No one would know any better. If I'll learn later in the day. Right now I'm not in the mood. Say, I want to do those things, but instead, I'm going to look at the kina, I'm going to look at David HaMelech's harp. That's the answer to my riddle. David HaMelech took his harp, he wanted to play that harp, he woke up to the harp, that was his alarm clock, it would have been a perfect segue for him to continue playing throughout the whole night, which he naturally wanted, and, he, and it wasn't a Yetzirah, it was a good thing, obviously. But it's not Tyra. And David HaMelech was able to make the Tyra his rena, his song was his Tyra. As talented as he was, but he took all of that talent and he put it into the Tyra. I guess the best story that I could use to illustrate what I just said is a story that's a contemporary one, or relatively contemporary, involving Rebel Yashiv, Zechet Tzadik Levrachim. Rebel Yashiv, I don't know how many of you know, Rebbe Yashiv, besides being the Masmin Hadar, the, the, the Paisik Hadar, the Gadol Hadar, the Tzadik Hadar, the Kaddish Hadar, besides for all of that, he also happened to have had a beautiful voice. He loved music, believe it or not. He had an affection for music. He loved Tyra. It's not a type of disaster. He loved both. When he was a young man, maybe a teenager, or maybe a little bit older, the famed Chazan, the, the Chazan Hadar, the greatest Chazan of the generation, and maybe the greatest Chazan of all Jewish history, arguably, or at least recent Jewish history, was a Chazan by the name of Yasla Rosenblatt. Yasla Rosenblatt, if you Google him, you'll find a ton about him. He, it's like, he was the, the Godel of Chazanus of all time. If you enjoy Chazanis, like that's, you're going to you know, love Yasla Rosenblatt. He was it. He was a, a, the Chazan's Chazan's Chazan. And Yasla Rosenblatt lived in America, but he went to Eretz Yisrael on a trip, and he was supposed to sing in, a, in the Churba Synagogue, I believe it was. He had a, he was it was like a concert, a, chaz, a, a Chazanah's concert. They still have them today. And Rebel Yashiv, young Rebel Yashiv, was very, very tempted to hear him, because he loved Chazanas, he had a great music, here was Yasla Rosenblatt, when's the next time he's coming to Eretzschel, I think he died like, uh, maybe a few weeks later, maybe, if I'm not mistaken, he was, he was a, a, a Chad Bedeira, I'm never going to get a chance, another, another chance to hear him, everybody's talking about him, this was before they had, you know, tapes and records, and uh, this is, uh, when am I going to hear Yasla Rosenblatt again? So he actually bought a ticket to go to the Churva Synagogue to hear him in concert, and he started walking the night of the concert. He started walking from his house in Meisharim, 
to the hall, to, 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 to the Chorba synagogue in the old city. And as he was walking to the concert, he stopped. And he said to himself, I want to listen to this concert more than I want to do anything else. But on the other hand, maybe I should be learning now. And learning is more important than this concert. And he started walking back. And he walked back and he saw Tamid Chacham walking to the concert. And he says, oh, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe I, I could go also. If Tamid Chacham are going, it's a kosher thing. It's a good Yetzirah. I'm going to go. But he stopped himself again in his tracks. He says, no. I'm going to be, I have a ticket in hand. I could go. I would enjoy it like no other Hanah to me. This was his kinar, literally. And he stopped himself and he says, I'm going to put that love into my learning of Tyra. He went back to his base medrash and all of that pent-up passion for Chazanas to listen to Yasla Rosenblatt, he put into his Gemara and he sang in his Gemara like he always sang. He had a famous niggin that he sang when he was learning and people used to like pass by the little shtibel that he learned in Meisharim his entire life. And they all knew that niggin. The people from old Yerushalayim knew. They would just like hear it echoing in the chambers of that base medrash. And he started singing and putting all of his heart and soul into his Gemara. And, and Eliashiv would say for the rest of his life that that was the breakout moment. He became great in learning. That night is when his rocket ship took off, launched. Because he was able to take his kinar and instead of naturally using it for his own love, his own passionate talent, creativity, which is a wonderful thing, by the way. This is not at all saying that if you have a musical talent, you should not use it. And, and you know, uh, that there's a time and a place for everything. But when you're learning Torah, when you have a Seder in learning, and you're able to not fight it and struggle with it, should I, shouldn't I, should I, say to the Rebbe, let's make a deal. I want to go and be, and be Mavatal Torah. I want to go now with my friends to, to the park. I want to play basketball right now. I want to watch that movie. I want to watch that, uh, you know, that listen to, you know, a certain song or, or, uh, or go to a whatever. But I'm going to put all of that interest that I have in doing those things, I'm going to put it into my learning. I'm going to give that Abba to you, Rabbi Shalom, and then look out because you might be the next Rabbi Yashiv. That's what happened to David HaMelech. I don't know if those psukim of Mahapti Sarasecha Mule happened when he was a Bachar. I think it happened beyond. When he stopped playing his, his kinar the whole night, half a night of Shirs and Shbachas, and instead said, I want to do that. That's what I, my plans are, but now I want to, it's enough. Now I want to give over that music and give it over to you. And sing the Rina Shaltar Balayla Chatzais Laila Akum Mohaydes Lachamish Bedezakacha. I did the Kinar thing. I wrote to him. But now I want to give all of that love to you, Rabbi Nishlam. I want to I give it to you. That's David Amelch. That's the riddle answered. That's the solution to the riddle. Give what you want. Be, be a human. Acknowledge what you love. Don't say, don't say, I'm, I'm so from, I don't like to, say no, I like doing that, I like doing that. I love basketball, okay, but as much as I love basketball, I, I love you, Rabbi Nisham, and I'm giving up my basketball game for first Seder. You know what that means in Shemaim? You know how the, the whole heavens tomo when a person could say that? I'll tell you a mice that's going to that's gonna make your heads blow off. And I want to see that, by the way. So whoever, whoever's head is not showing right now, I want to see it right now, okay? I want everybody to be online. Listen to this Misa. You're not going to get over This is a Misa you'll remember the rest of your life, I promise. I had a Talmud, did a little research last night to figure out what the year was. I think it was 2009, okay? This is a, a, an amazing Talmud, a regular Geshmaka guy, he loved the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was from Pittsburgh. That's the only hint I'm giving you to who it is. He loved the Steelers more than life itself. He had all the Steelers merch. He had sweatshirts, scarves, hats, uh, you know, boots. Yeah, everything Steelers, Steelers, Steelers. Steelers was his life, literally. 
He spoke the whole day. He was talking Steelers, Steelers, Steelers. That's all he, he hopped about, day and night, Steelers. Now, the Steelers that year made it to the Super Bowl. They made it, you know, earlier, they made it in 2006. This is 2009. They made it to the Super Bowl. Now, okay, this boy, this was like his Ilam Haba, literally. This was his, you know, there, there is no bigger height of, of, of ecstasy than when your team that you love makes it to the end and now is fighting it out play by play to win the Super Bowl. That's it. It doesn't get better. Life does not get better. And if you have like doggies, you have a hot dog, a hamburger, onion rings, while you're watching it, it's Mamish the Ganadin Alien. I came to the base matters that night. And I literally almost fainted because during the Super Bowl, this Steelers fan, maybe the biggest Steelers fan in the world, was sitting by his Gemara and learning Abaye Varov. I can't make up this story. I'm telling you, you're not going to read this in a book because you wouldn't believe it if you didn't see it with your own eyes. At the end of Seder, I went over to him and I said, you got to tell me something. Like, you know, maybe your, your, your watch is wrong. Maybe you need a new calendar or something. But do you realize that this isn't Stama Nights here. This is the Steelers' night? He says, I, I know. I said, so Laman Hashem, why are you not watching the game? Why are you not watching the game? This is what he told me, okay? He says, Rebbe, I'm not a rich guy. I don't have a lot of money. I can't give a lot of money to tzedakah. I can't support Yisayman uh, Almanis. I can't, I'm not a big hacker. I can't save Klal Yisrael with Vadat Salas. And, and uh, you know, I can't, I can't, I'm not a Hatzalah guy. I'm not a Chaverim guy. I'm not a, I'm not a, I, there's one thing that I have in my life. The one thing that I have in my life is the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what I have. That's me. That's my Kinar. That's my heart. That's what I. That's what I love. I said to the Rabbi Shalom, Rabbi Shalom, it's hard for me to learn. Learning is always a challenge to me. But this is what I do for you right now. I'm giving you the greatest gift that I have, and I'm giving it all to you. I'm giving you the Pittsburgh Steelers right here on a silver platter. I'm learning in the baseball. You don't know how much I want to watch that game. You don't know how much I want to know whether we're winning, whether we're losing, who's making the big plays, how many interceptions, how many touchdowns. You don't know what I would give to, to watch that. And I'll, I'll, I'll see the highlights later. But this is what I'm giving to you, Rabbi Shalom. I'm giving you the greatest gift that I personally have. That's what I have. That's all I have. I'm giving that up to you. And when you do that, it makes a Roshim. The Malachim, Malachim Yechafezun, the Chiller Ada Yechazun, the Yaimra Hine Yaimadin. This is a Yaimadin. It's a day of judgment for all of us. Every Seder that we have is a day of judgment. Are we going to pass or are we going to fail? Are we going to opt out? Are we going to cop out like we always do and say, yeah, you know, it's the summertime. I want to chill. I want to do this. I want to go that way. Or are we going to be strong? So it's very hard to fight the Eight Sahara without getting some payback. If there's no payout, it's hard. Like, uh, yeah, I know Tyrus Khashoggi and it's a turbocharged mitzvah. I get that. But I, I, it's the summer. I want to chill. I, I, want to, I want to go here. I want to go to the beach. I want to go to the park. I want to go to the swim, to pool, to camp. To the, I want to do stuff. I want to, I want to do my stuff. HaKadosh Baruch knows that. He gets it. He's not stupid. He knows, he knows, he knows what, we, what makes us tick. He gets it. He's, he's God. When we're able to say, here's my kinar. This is what I love. I'm giving it to you. Here's the deal. I'm giving it to you. Give me back Ava Satira. HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes that deal every time. He takes that deal every time. Try him. We're always complaining. Me, you, everybody. I don't have Ava Satira. What should I do? I, this, guy, this guy seems to have a Gishmak in Tyra. This guy has a, and, and I don't have a Gishmak in Tyra. You know why we don't have a Gishmak in Tyra? Because we don't give up anything to the Tyra. 
We do it on our terms when, when it interests us, and when it doesn't interest us, then you know, we're the first to fly the coop. When you start giving something to somebody, that's when you care about the person. Ava, we all know, is from Lashon of Havu. Give. You want Ava Satira? You have to give to the Tyra. What are you giving to the Tyra? What are you going to give? You have the money to make Achnas a Sefer Tyra? You have $45,000 lying around to buy a Sefer Tyra? What are you giving to the Tyra? You're going to donate a, you know, a Sefer to Yeshiva? That's a nice thing to do. What are you giving to the Tyra? What's your harp that you're going to dedicate to the Tyra? Davin Amel's Kinar is his Chida. The mystery of life, how I'm going to be able to be a Tamar Chacham, that burning riddle that plagues us all, David Amel saying, I have the answer. My answer to the riddle is my harp. Watch what I do. I have a harp over my bed. Easy. I could play the harp the whole night, and, it's all, and I could justify it. It's Tilim, it's beautiful, it's Tyra. Great. Or I could go to my Gemara and learn. I have a choice. I have a choice. Buns, what is it? Guns versus butter? Right? If anyone takes economics, they know that there's the, the choices that economists always deal with, guns versus butter, right? You have a choice to make in life. Guns versus butter. Do you take the harp? Do you take the tyro? A or B? Dov Amel says, watch what I do. I take the tyro, and I say, I'm giving the harp to you, Rabbi I would easily love to sit in the whole night strum to you, but I'm not going to take that, that path tonight. I'm going to put myself into Limit Atayra. I'm going to be Isaac Batayra the whole night until I'm at Ashachar. Put all of that music, give it to you. Give that Rina Shaltayra to you. And he became David Amelach. And he became Rabbi Yashiv. And he became the Pittsburgh Steeler Tzaddik. He's the Pittsburgh Rebbe. He teaches us so much about life. The summer is now upon us. The summer is now upon us. And we're going to have this choice every single day. If we're going to be able to make it to Elul, and hopefully in Elul we'll be able to be back in Yeshiva, and we're going to look, hopefully like we do today, and we're going to have the same Ashkafas, and we're going to have the same levels of Ruchnias that we have today at the end of the Zman, and maybe more, there's only one way to do it, in my humble opinion. For, for me, for my family, for you, for your family. And spread the word. Spread, spread the sheer far and wide because I think it's gold. I will solve my riddle with a harp. Make your life about this harp. Recognize what your harps are. Make a list. What's my harps? Maybe it's not the Steelers. Maybe it's the Giants. Maybe it's baseball, maybe it's basketball, maybe it's uh, hockey, maybe it's movies, maybe it's bad friends, maybe it's bowling and bad friends. <laughs> whatever it is, whatever you're, when everyone has their own, uh, you know, one has to admit to what their harps are. Everybody has their own harps. And nobody's saying you should deny it from people. Don't say, I have no interest anymore in the harp. That's not what a front person does. I have no interest in music anymore. Now I'm just learning all day. That's, 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 no, one, no one told you to do that. You don't want to do that. You want to be a human being. You want, there's nothing wrong with having a passion for, for things that you're passionate about. It's a beautiful thing to have a love for music. It's a beautiful thing that's spiritual. It's a beautiful thing to have an have a enjoyable schmooze with a, with a friend. It's a beautiful thing to be able to, to chill, to take a walk, to take a picnic, to, you know, to, to, to play a game of basketball. It's beautiful. Nothing wrong with that. Don't deny that. That's your heart. Good. Go for it. Enjoy it. But when it comes to Liman Atayra, when you have a say there in, in Tyra, give it up for the Tyra. Take your harp, take that list and say, Rabbi Shalom, here's my list. Here it is. This is my harp. This is all I have. I love these things, and I'm giving them over to you for the next hour. Do you know that that hour is no longer an hour? That's a day. 
that one hour that you just gave such Abba to the Rabbanu Shalom is like the Rabbanu Shalom looks at you like you're 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 Rabbi Yashem learning all day. When you learn, then learn. I'm talking to myself. I'm not talking to you. You guys actually learn. I, I always say in Lander in the basement, I'm the only guy that you see bottling. Everybody else is learning. You look at my table. I'm always the bottling guy. So I'm talking to myself. Give your kinar up for that hour, two hours, five hours, whatever your seder is, give it up for the rabbinishim, and then the kiss will come back. You're kissing the rabbinishim, the rabbinishim will kiss you back. Make that deal with the rabbinishim, he'll take you up on it. I want Ava Satira. How do I get Ava Satira? Give Ava to the Tyra. Give Simcha to the Tyra. Give Shira to the Tyra. Give your harp to the Tyra. And then you'll find that that's a Rina Shaltai. Your Tyra will become Rinadik. Your Tyra will become so musical, so beautiful, so passionate. You'll be a symphony of Tyra. Rebel Yashiv was a symphony. I don't know if he ever put out a Chazanah's tape, but I know that he put out massive amounts of Tyra, Piske Halacha, of Chuvas, of, of, of Halacha, of Agada. Rebel Yashiv was a Mayna Miskaber, the Aris that he has on Shas. Maybe if he had gone to that concert and given into the Kinar, he wouldn't have been that. He said himself he wouldn't have been that. We could trust him at his own word. If we want to have that breakout moment in the summer to really steig, to really, you know, wow ourselves, the way to do it is to follow the riddle of the Kinar of David. Make that challenge. See if it works. If I'm wrong, tell me that I'm wrong at the end of the summer. Or, but please tell me if I'm right, if I'm right, and I'll tell you if I'm right. Myself. The time that we have to learn, dedicate it to learn. Afterwards, go to the park afterwards, push it off. Don't take the passion and make yourself not a passionate person. There's a, a Gemara in Kedushin. The Gemara says, Ki bach medrash. If you ever bump into the Yitzhara, schlep him into the base medrash. Everybody says, what do you mean? Leave them outside. What do we need more? We need more, more laptops in the basement. What do I need? What do I have to schlep into the basement for? The answer is that you don't want to lose the passion. The Yitzhahara that you have is good. You just have to channel it the right way. If you take your passion for whatever it is, and I, I call it Yitzhahara, I just said before that it's not Yitzhahara. It's good to have passion. It's good to be musical. It's good to have an interest in poetry and in, and in art and, and in science. Whatever it is that, 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 you, that you're into, it's good. As long as it's clean, it's good. But take that passion, bring it into the base medrash with you, and then your tire will explode. That's the secret of life. That's the answer to the riddle of life. Just follow my kinar, says David HaMelech, and you'll have the answer to all of your problems with Tyra. I, just, I, learned, I learned in the morning with my son, so I was just telling him, uh, it's a cube shot I had in a Gemara Mesachim, but I'm not going to, we don't have time for all the details, but I think it's an Amistik shot. but I did tell him, Agavorcha was a Machlegas, Rav Yechen Reish Lakish, so I told him the Gemara in, um, in, in, in Baba Metziah Peidalet about how Rav Yechenon was very handsome, he was swing, swimming in a, in a lake, and Reish Lakish comes into the lake and says, Man, you, you're so handsome. Rish Lagash wasn't, uh, he was a, a bandit. He was the head of uh, robbers. And he said, boy, use your beauty for, for women. So Rish Lagashin says, use your power for Tyra. Use all that strength. He jumped like a hundred miles into the, all that physical prowess that you have, put it into Tyra. And he says, uh, and he says, by the way, if, if you do that, he says, you think I'm good looking, Rabbi Yechen, and says, you should see my sister. And he says, if you become a Tamuchachim, I'll let you marry my sister. V'kachava, he married the sister, they became Chavrusas, Rabbi Shlokesh, and Rabbi Yechen, and became, you know, the greatest set of Amayroim, possibly. But what you take from that Gemara is, so the first impact, the first impression that Rabbi Yechen had when he saw Rabbi strength, was he says, my gosh, you have such passion, you have such, such, such talent. Harness it for Tyra. You know how powerful that is? If you give it up for Tyra, you know how great you'll be? 
You know how much pent-up energy that is that the Rabbi Nisham will give you in terms of Tyra? And you know what the Gemara says, by the way? The Gemara says that when he wanted to jump out of the lake, Rich Lakish, after he accepted upon himself the Ayla Tyra, he wasn't able, normally be able to leap out of the lake in a simple, single bound. He wasn't able, he had to mamash crawl out of the lake because he was already so drained from just the Kabbalah's Hatayra on himself. But that's what Tyra is. It's, a, it's like a tamura, it's like a transfer. I transfer my natural instincts, my natural talents, my natural creativity, my natural passion, my love, my, my, my obsessions, and I put that, I give that all up for the Tyra. Man, all of that comes back in spades. That love of Tyra, will, I, if I gave up Tyra, Night Seder for the Steelers, can you imagine what the Steelers will give me? For that night seder, do you know how hush of that night seder became that? That's not a regular night seder. That's a night seder that was my life. I just gave up my life for this daf of Gemara, for this line of Gemara, for this Mishnah, for this, for this, uh, for this uh, Pirkei. Whatever it is I'm learning, I gave up my life for this. That's when things really matter. That's when things count. And if we're able to use this Yisai this summer, and we remember it, and we chazer it, we will be having the most amazing summer ever. All the challenges that we have with being at home for such extended periods of time, and I know it's not easy. It's not easy. We're going to the summer ready being home for, for three months, and now we're going to be home for half a year. It's a crazy, crazy Nisayan. This is the only thing that I could offer you as an Eitzah. Don't fight it. Don't say, I want A or B, A or B, back and forth, and all right, fine. Don't do it begrudgingly. Make the deal. Look at it as the challenge of your life. That's the solving of the riddle. That's the key to unlocking the mystery of how I could get through the summer is the Kinar of David. So easy. You take the Kinar, you say to Rabbi Shalom, here's my Kinar. I want to be made to you with a kinar, but I'm going to be made to you. I'm going to sing, sing the shira of Tyre, the Rina Shal Tyre instead. And that's how David HaMelech likes to, to be David HaMelech. And all the G'daylam. And we can do the same thing as well. This could be a banner summer if we just remember this Yisrael. Be honest with yourself. Know what you like. Know your Yitzharas. Understand your passion. Keep the passion. Don't kill it. You don't want to kill that passion. You want to keep it and channel it and harness it into Tyra, and the Tyra will give you back so much ava, so much passion, that your, your, your head will spin. You can come back, Mamish, from, from this summer, being Rebbe Kivager, if you have this. If you have this deal with her Venish, I'm going the whole summer, I think. Anyway, that's the final schmooze. Uh, I love all of you. I miss all of you. I wish that we could have done this in person. But Baruch Hashem that we have this technology at least to somewhat be in person. I wish you all a, a wonderful summer, healthy summer, safe summer, stay safe. And Mirza Hashem hopefully we'll be back together learning steiging on a higher level. Come Elul, Tavshim Pei. And we look forward to seeing you and please stay in touch with me um, throughout the summer. Um, and uh, just the Simchas and Yeshuas, Refuas, and, and most of all, for a Ben Tyre, the greatest, greatest bracha, you should have tremendous Hatzlacha and Avas Hatzlacha.